0: instead of saying thank you to the United States, they chanted death to America. In fact, they chanted death to America the day the agreement was signed.
1: Have you ever felt a visceral attraction to a politician? There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States
0: of America. I am your voice.
2: Ask yourself if they're really telling the truth.
0: This is a secret innuendo being leaked out there about me. I was honestly concerned that he might lie about the nature of our meeting.
1: This is Subliminally Correct, a podcast where we examine all the ways politicians and newsmakers are using psychological tactics to influence you every single day.
2: And now, join myself, Taylor Sherman, certified hypnosis instructor and executive coach, along with my co-host, Alex Dobranek, political consultant and certified consulting hypnotist on this episode of Subliminally Correct. And welcome to another
1: episode of Subliminally Correct. And what do we have up for today, Alex? Well, today we have Trump's address on Iran's attack to the U.S. bases in Iraq. And so what this is, It's our episode following last week where we had sort of the uh, attack on the Iranian official where we killed him. He was supposedly planning attacks on the United States. Trump gave sort of his rationale for that attack. And then in the meantime, Iran launched missiles at some of our bases in Iraq. And now the next morning Trump is coming out to address the nation on those attacks. So here we're going to hear a lot of him sort of framing the attack from Iran on the United States as a victory somehow for the United States. And so listen to the words that he uses and the phrases that he says here. It's almost as if someone had written a victory speech of us vanquishing Iran but then just changed just threw in some the some new details based on the Iran attack. And now Trump is somehow giving a victory speech after the US was just attacked. And so it's really fascinating the way that Trump is able to sort of do some verbal jujitsu and some reframing here to get us this to this position where you know Trump's almost happy that this happened. And you'll see exactly what I mean here in this. First clip, but before we get to that first clip, I want you all to head on over to our website, SubliminallyCorrect.com. You can find our Patreon page. Go on over there. You can support the show and uh, keep us on the air every single week. Now you can also send us questions on there and through Twitter at SubliminalPod. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, um, your opinions on some of the things that we talk about. And we may even reply to you here on the air, but definitely send you some sort of response. So please send those questions in. Now, let's get to that first clip where Donald Trump is saying that all Americans should be grateful.
0: As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. I'm pleased to inform you, the American people should be extremely grateful and happy. No Americans were harmed in last night's attack by the Iranian regime. We suffered no casualties. All of our soldiers are safe, and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. No American or Iraqi lives were lost because of the precautions taken, the dispersal of forces, and an early warning system that worked very well. I salute the incredible skill and courage of America's men and women in uniform,
2: All right. So right here at the very beginning, Trump is coming out with his headline. As long as I am president, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. And wow. You know, he knows that these speeches typically are things that people watch with a short attention span. So he wants to make sure to get that headline out, you know, right away. So if, that if you took anything away from this press conference, it would be that Trump is stopping Iran from getting nuclear weapons. In other words, what he's saying is, if you do not elect me president in November, then they might get a nuke. Okay, that's, that's the other threat you know that's going on here. And um, one thing that you notice here is Trump's breathing has really changed. So his cadence is much slower, and he's breathing very heavily. And when you watch this in an uh, in actual video, it's interesting because I think he's actually a little bit shaken. I think that this is something for him that is scaring him a little bit, that, and it probably, you know, should scare him a little bit. Um, but he definitely seems to be,, uh, you know, having a little bit of, Uh, fear or concern about this and we hear this in his voice he really keeps having this very heavy breathing he's still able to enunciate and still able to get it through his prepared speech Um, but he does sound you know pretty you know heavy there with the breathing and then he starts off you know telling us about everything that he's pleased about i'm pleased to inform you no americans were harmed okay you know iran appears to be backing off this and that so in other words we've won They've been doing that. Um, We have, you know, created uh, this victory here, you know, within this. And so he keeps pausing, saying that these are the things that you should be grateful for. You should not be concerned about the fact that they just attacked us. But you should be grateful that American lives are safe and everyone is fine. And so that's really what he's emphasizing here right in this first clip.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's using his his breathing here, Um, you know, I think. Sort of like strategically like, yeah, he's out of breath. Yeah, he's rattled. But what's at the top of his mind? As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. I am pleased to inform you. The American people should be extremely grateful and happy. No Americans were harmed. And so it's like it's, it's almost like he's trying to say that you should be extremely grateful and happy that as long as he's president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon, and it's it's funny that he just uses. I just caught his breathing there, and I was like, wait a minute, did you really just do that? And uh, you know, I think he sort of did, and he sort of just completes the sentence there by continuing, and in in that sort of uh, like grammatical sentence, so that it actually makes sense on paper. By talking about all the reasons why Americans should actually be happy. That no, nobody was harmed. And then what he does here is this little contrast here. With the, you know, our military forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down. So here we've got on one hand, the American army is ready for anything. We're ready to attack or deploy or whatever it is. Meanwhile, Iran is giving up and they're standing down when you know they just completed an attack on our bases. But yeah, he's just saying that, oh, yep, they're laying down their guns now. They're done. And so he contrasts, he uses this contrast here to emphasize our greatness and to frame it as our victory and that Iran is just giving up. And so now in this next clip here, um, he tries to get a little bit more into the history of of Iran, and sort of why they're not, um, you know, civilized, and why Soleimani was such a ruthless terrorist, and, and sort of justifying his actions to begin with. And so let's listen to the way that he sort of spins and frames all of this.
0: For far too long, all the way back to 1979, to be exact, nations have tolerated Iran's destructive and destabilizing behavior in the Middle East and beyond. Those days are over. Iran has been the leading sponsor of terrorism and their pursuit of nuclear weapons threatens the civilized world. We will never let that happen. Last week, we took decisive action to stop a ruthless terrorist from threatening American lives. At my direction, The United States military eliminated the world's top terrorist, Qasem Soleimani. As the head of the Quds Force, Soleimani was personally responsible for some of the absolutely worst atrocities. He trained terrorist armies, including Hezbollah, launching terrorist strikes against civilian targets. He fueled bloody civil wars all across the region. He viciously wounded and murdered thousands of U.S. troops, including the planting of roadside bombs that maim and dismember their victims. Soleimani directed the recent attacks on U.S. personnel in Iraq that badly wounded four service members and killed one American, and he orchestrated the violent assault On the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. In recent days, he was planning new attacks on American targets, but we stopped him. Soleimani's hands were drenched in both American and Iranian blood. He should have been terminated long ago. By removing Soleimani, we have sent a powerful message to terrorists. If you value your own life, you will not threaten the lives of our people.
1: And so the thing that I would pay attention to what Trump is doing right here is just the words that he's using. He's loading everything. Every single phrase has some sort of adjective or something attached to it. You know, it's the civilized world. He was a ruthless terrorist. The world's top terrorist. Planning the absolutely worst atrocities. And without getting into specifics, without saying anything, he's just a uh, blanket statement, just loading up, spinning every single phrase here so that you're getting this really, really negative, negative view of both Soleimani and Iran. And, you know, I think it's it's interesting what he's doing here is that, you know, he started with You know, for for far too long, all the way back to 1979 to be exact, nations have tolerated Iran's destructive and destabilizing behavior for far too long. Those days are over. So just to, like, remind everybody, Iran just committed a destructive and destabilizing act, but Trump is saying those days are over now uh and it's almost as if he's phrasing this as a victory and that he's he, he is like Iran's just been vanquished even though they they just did what he said was done with and so it's it's really hard to to think about that and really reconcile that the actions that are happening in the real world with what Trump is saying right here and so it's just it's, it's almost bizarre the way Trump is reframing this to be a victory for us when it's it's just clearly not.
2: Yeah, he talks about this idea about how Soleimani is personally responsible. And, you know, coming back to this idea of him being the world's top terrorist, uh, that is, you know, quite a um, elevated claim. It's like, you know, okay, the top terrorist, like how bad do you have to be to be the world's top terrorist? Trump starts to get into this idea of nuclear weapons. So their pursuit of nukes threatens the civilized world. We will never let that happen. Think about what he's saying here. That is similar to the, the red line that um, you know, Israel's uh, Netanyahu said in you know 2012. This was about, okay, if Iran hits this line then we're going to invade. That is kind of what Trump is saying here and he you hear a lot of the same talking points he's talking about Hezbollah. Well, you know Hezbollah being the um Iranian, you know, proxy for you know various sort of attacks that you know someone could consider terrorist attacks, you know Hezbollah has been in uh Lebanon and in Latin America and you know had a whole you know, thing with, uh, with Israel. And so he's tying in, just like Alex was saying, he's tying in every word having a meaning. And there are some meanings that actually, um, you may read into more if you know some of the history. And so he ends it here by saying that Soleimani's hands were drenched in both American and Iranian blood. And think about how visceral that is. Remember those exciting and emotional words, drenched, in blood you can almost picture it and so if you value your own life you will not threaten the lives of our people and here we come back to donald trump he's being this real tough guy you know the strong guy you know don't you dare come and you know try to attack us because we're going to you know fight right back at you and uh and and get back so really As we've been talking about here, he is really trying to demonstrate strength. He's trying to say this was a victory, and he's trying to say, well, no matter what you do, we're going to be the U.S., and you can't, you know, have anything um, against us. You know, whether he's effective at that message or not is something which, you know, you'll have to decide.
1: So in this next clip, you're going to hear Trump do this little uh, jab at Obama and the Obama administration and really sort of blame this entire situation on President Obama. So let's listen to how he manages to justify this.
0: As we continue to evaluate options in response to Iranian aggression, the United States will immediately impose additional punishing economic sanctions on the Iranian regime. These powerful sanctions will remain until Iran changes its behavior. In recent months alone, Iran has seized ships in international waters, fired an unprovoked strike on Saudi Arabia, and shot down two U.S. drones. Iran's hostilities substantially increased after the foolish Iran nuclear deal was signed in 2013. And they were given $150 billion, not to mention $1.8 billion in cash. Instead of saying thank you to the United States, they chanted death to America. In fact, they chanted death to America the day the agreement was signed. Then Iran went on a terrorist spree, funded by the money from the deal, and created hell in Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, and Iraq. The missiles fired last night at us and our allies were paid for. With the funds made available by the last administration, the regime also greatly tightened the reins on their own country, even recently killing 1,500 people at the many protests that are taking place all throughout Iran. The very defective JCPOA expires shortly anyway and gives Iran a clear and quick path to nuclear breakout. Iran must abandon its nuclear ambitions and end its support for terrorism.
2: Yeah, and here Trump reframes the whole thing talking about how well the missiles last night that were attacking Americans were paid for by the funds made available by the last administration. So what he's saying here is that if you are sad that we were attacked, well, those were the funds that Obama gave Iran. Those were the funds that the Democrats gave Iran. And so we just need to keep creating more sanctions. We need to um, keep, you know, tightening down on them. And that is the only path. There are no other paths, you know, available. Well, we've heard this before. This is the idea of creating a black or a white. There's one road to go down. The other road doesn't work. And it's just another personification of good and evil. In this case, he is tying the Democrats and Obama on the evil side. He's saying those people are evil because they supported a deal to get Iran not to have nuclear weapons. And because they supported that deal well they're the same as iran because they are actually attacking the bases based on the funds you know that were that were paid for and he goes off on this idea of all of the things that iran has done and you know it occurred to me listening to him that probably iran has a similar list they have a similar list of all the things that the us has done and so, you know, they have, you know, sunk shimps in international waters. They've had unprovoked missiles in Saudi Arabia. They've done this, they've done that. And there was this deal that was signed and that was a really bad deal. And so this is what we're what we're hearing Trump saying here where he's just flipping the whole thing on its head and you know, really just just casting blame anything, anything to prevent it from being from landing on him and what he actually just did in his role of com- as commander in chief.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really funny the way that he's able to do that. I mean, he starts talking about, you know, Iran's hostility substantially increased after the foolish Iran nuclear deal was signed, and he says in 2013, even though, you know, it was in 2015, but you know, it who cares? You know, he's he's completely wrong, but all right. Um and uh, he talks about this this vague one hundred and fifty billion dollars and then another one point eight billion dollars in cash, where you know where's he getting these numbers from? And you know what this this stuff in cash, like in reality, this is all from Republican conspiracy theories about you know, uh, Iranian money that was in u s accounts that was unfrozen um and not the u s. handing cash over to Iran. But that almost doesn't matter because he doesn't even explain that this is some sort of like conspiracy theory or, you know, that it has any rationale at all. He just states it as though it is a known fact and that, you know, somebody who doesn't know the background on the whole situation might just take it on questioning. And so then he also has this this interesting phrase here. You know, instead of saying thank you to the United States for all for, you know, having all of this money that we just handed over to them, they chanted death to America. In fact, they chanted death to America the day it was signed. And it's like, who who chanted this? Who would have said thank you? How how do you know that they didn't say thank you? And how do you know that they were chanting death to America or if they were chanting at all, anything like none of that actually makes any sense if you sit and think about it for a minute, but it doesn't matter because he's just, he's able to say it and it's taken as fact because he's listing a a bunch of other so-called facts. And so it's like, you know, sometimes I wonder you know, exactly, like, how much can does Trump think he can get away with? Um, and clearly he can just unquestionably say this because the press can't ask any questions here. He's not in a debate with anyone. This is his microphone. He gets to say it and that's the end of the story and a certain number of Americans are going to sort of absorb that information there. And so, that's what's so interesting here.
2: Yeah, he talks about the many protests that are going on in Iran. So, again, who do we know? Who who are these protests? And it's interesting because he frames it as these protests are against the Iranian regime. That's what he's suggesting here is these protests are happening in support of the U.S. And actually, a lot of the protests that he's talking about may actually be against the U.S. Um, but he just says it's the protests that are going on in Iran and you know, he takes an event and then he frames exactly, you know, what it means. And then we hear this last, you know, uh, phrase here. Iran went on a terror spree funded by the money and created hell. <laughs> and, you know, created hell. <laughs> like, wow, uh, that's that's pretty uh, that that's pretty dastardly. Like they created hell. Um <sighs> How do you how do you justify that? You know, what is that? What does he mean? They went on a terror spree and created hell. Um, but I'm sure he has things in which he can point to, you know, which would fit into that explanation.
1: So this next clip here, um, it's going to be our last one. And this is where he's trying to be more hopeful and to try and deescalate things with Iran. And so we're going to hear him take a little bit more of an alternative tone and sort of Reach out the olive branch here if Iran really wants to take it.
0: Iran can be a great country. Peace and stability cannot prevail in the Middle East as long as Iran continues to foment violence, unrest, hatred, and war. The civilized world must send a clear and unified message to the Iranian regime. Your campaign of terror, murder, mayhem will not be tolerated. Any longer. It will not be allowed to go forward. Today, I am going to ask NATO to become much more involved in the Middle East process. Over the last three years, under my leadership, our economy is stronger than ever before and America has achieved energy independence. These historic accomplishments change our strategic priorities. These are accomplishments that nobody thought were possible. And options in the Middle East became available. We are now the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere in the world. We are independent, and we do not need Middle East oil. The American military has been completely rebuilt under my administration at a cost of $2.5 trillion. U.S. Armed Forces are stronger than ever before. Our missiles are big, powerful, accurate, lethal and fast. Under construction are many hypersonic missiles. The fact that we have this great military and equipment, however, does not mean we have to use it. We do not want to use it. American strength, both military and economic, is the best deterrent. Three months ago, after destroying 100% of ISIS and its territorial caliphate, we killed the savage leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi, who was responsible for so much death, including the mass beheadings of Christians, Muslims, and all who stood in his way. He was a monster al-Baghdadi was trying again to rebuild the ISIS caliphate and failed. Tens of thousands of ISIS fighters have been killed or captured during my administration. ISIS is a natural enemy of Iran. The destruction of ISIS is good for Iran and we should work together on this and other shared priorities. Finally, to the people, and leaders of Iran, we want you to have a future, and a great future, one that you deserve, one of prosperity at home and harmony with the nations of the world. The United States is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. I want to thank you, and God bless America. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right, and so here Trump is offering a little bit of an olive branch here, again using phrases like the civilized world and terrorist terrorist organization, atrocities, things like that. Uh, but the interesting thing here, um, well, first he starts off with this thing about you know I'm going to ask NATO to become much more involved in the Middle East process. What does that? What does that mean? What is he? What? He just throws that out there. And this is like, again, right after he's, he walks out of the, you know, the NATO summit halfway through because all the leaders there were making fun of him. Uh, and so now he's going to come back and 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 ask them to become more involved somehow in the Middle East process. We, not even the Middle East peace process. He just says Middle East process. Um, But aside from just like making fun of, I guess, his, his nonsensical statement there. Um, I think it's important here that he re-emphasizes that, you know, we don't need you. We're we're independent and don't need Middle East oil. Um, You know, we're not weaker than you. The U.S. Army uh, is stronger than it ever before without specifics. Um, I guess if you want to say he has specifics, he talks about how our missiles are big and powerful and accurate and lethal and fast. And how we we just don't want to use it. We could use it, but we don't want to use it. And so he he is playing this game here where it's like, yeah, we could destroy you, but we don't want to destroy you. Um, Yeah, you know, we want to work with you to destroy ISIS, but, you know, we don't need to because we're powerful and strong and can do it all on our own anyway. And look, we've got NATO here, too, who can do it with us. And so um, so what he's doing here is is basically giving Iran some sort of a a bizarre ultimatum, um, but also sort of uh, framing it in a way that he can declare victory and start to de-escalate, where he's not sort of boxed into a corner where he has to continue escalating with Iran. So as, as awkward as it is, he's almost forced to do this unless he wants to keep on escalating the war. We hear Trump talking
2: about here this war of hatred, the campaign that Iran has been raging of terror, of mayhem and murder in the Middle East. And so he's continuing at the beginning of this clip of framing Iran and in you know the worst possible terms. And he then takes a little segue from that to talk about himself. He talks about how great things have been under the Trump administration. You know, under my administration, America has achieved energy independence. Nobody thought this was possible, which it's not true that no one thought that this was, you know, possible. Some sources even disagree if we actually have achieved energy independence um, but we hear him talking about how we are independent and we don't need that Middle Eastern oil. And the U.S. armed forces are stronger than ever before. But what are the specifics here? What are the specifics of how we're actually going to do this? Now, he is talking about this, of course, because it's Middle Eastern policy. Um, but then he goes into some other Middle Eastern policy, um, policy in terms of terrorism And he describes how we killed Al Baghdadi, and he was a monster. Okay, we hear just like Soleimani was a monster. Al Baghdadi was a monster. He killed Christians. He killed Muslims. All who stood in his way um, were, um, you know, getting you know and really hurting him. But then, you know, we don't want to use our force because American strength is the best deterrent. And then he starts talking about ISIS. So ISIS is this natural enemy of Iran. The destruction of ISIS is good for Iran. And we should work together. Now, why is he saying that? Well, he's saying this because now, of course, um, Iraq is looking to kick the U.S. out of Iraq. That The U.S. fighters have been there fighting ISIS. And, well, now if they're kicked out, you know, he's trying to imply here that, Actually, the U.S. should keep fighting ISIS and the U.S. and Iran should work in order to keep fighting ISIS. Um, But, you know, the Iraqis, of course, feel uh, kind of differently about this at this uh, at this time. And then he goes and steps on his accomplishments again. You know, tens of thousands of ISIS fighters have been have been, uh, you know, killed under my administration. And I've been able to do that. And then kind of at the end there, we hear him summarizing with this future. The U.S. is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. And, you know, he comes here to that that idea of peace. And, you know, I view this as a it is an olive branch, like Alex is talking about like that. Um, But he notice how he's maintaining this sense of um, tension with the government. But he's talking then directly to the people. You know, I want to say to the people of Iran. Right. Um, We want for you to have a future and a great future. And so he's trying to influence things from the inside, trying to, you know, imply that now, hey, they need to get a new government or they need to, you know, get off of this government that really wants to, uh, you know, destroy the U.S.
1: All right. I think that's about all the time we've got for today. Tune in next week for another episode of Subliminally Correct. And in the meantime... Go on over to our website, subliminallycorrect.com. You can send us more of your questions, comments, and thoughts over there. And if you really love the show, you can find our Patreon page on our website and in the show notes. Head on over there. You can support us for as little as $5 to buy us a cup of coffee. And you can head over to Twitter and tweet us at SubliminalPod. Any questions or thoughts that you have, things that you'd like to hear on the show as well. And we will talk to you next week.